0: This is the iRead Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. With me this week, two fantastic human beings, Brian Murray. Hello. And Nick White. Hey. Thank you both for joining me this week. I'm super excited to have you both on the show because I just like talking to you guys. And we're talking about comic books. And that's the best thing that we do every single week as far as I'm concerned. Everything else is downhill until we get back to the top again. We're talking about comics the following week. So let me ask the question I ask every single week. How have you been? how have comic books been let's start with you brian uh well,
1: i've been as good as i can you know i am sweating like a pimp in church here in michigan <laughs> um it is currently 81 degrees in my recording room um which is actually a nice 15 degree drop from outside so mm-hmm. if you hear just like a constant dripping noise for my my audio that would be why I've been doing that thing where you buy all of the comics that look good and then don't read any of them. Oh, um, I did manage to get one book in. I read, uh, the weatherman number one that's with, uh, written by Jody LaHoop, uh, with art by Nathan Fox and colors by Dave Stewart. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting concept. Um, it's basically, this guy's a weatherman on Mars, some kind of weird catastrophe wiped out all life on earth. And at the end of the book, he is accused of causing that catastrophe. There's no idea why. Um, I would like to give a content warning on this book. You do kind of see the graphic death of his dog in this book, which I know yeah, was upsetting for me and would probably be upsetting for others. So if that's the kind of thing that would make you not want to read a book, I encourage you to, uh, be aware of that. Uh, Personally, I like the story enough that I'm going to pretend I never saw that and keep checking <laughs> it out.
2: But yeah. So this is not actually a spin-off to the Nicolas Cage movie.
1: <laughs> no. Although the main character does have that sort of manic Nick Cage energy to him. Ooh, so. Yes. Ooh,
2: tell me more. Like na- National it's Treasure a- energy or like Raising <laughs> Arizona energy?
1: uh, Like Vampire's Kiss kind of energy.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah oh man it's
0: it's a really interesting book i i grabbed this as well and i was kind of blown away by just like the fast-paced nature of the story i i really for some reason i i didn't know what to expect all i knew is there was some sort of catastrophe and i knew we were on mars but like things were what super erratic but in a good way like it was you could still follow it and it was very very exciting like it was a real page turner yeah. to say like a, a super cliche
1: yeah it's and and the the art is really really interesting mm-hmm. um it's got a distinct uh, what i think is a pretty distinct style while still being totally like easy to parse it's uh, it's not you're not gonna have to strain your brain trying to figure out what's happening in the panels but yeah. it also doesn't have that sort of cookie cutter look that people are afraid of when they buy a new comic from an artist they're not familiar with mm-hmm. um the colors are really good. Like I said, besides the dog murder, um, I would heavily recommend
0: this book, at least to check out the first issue. Definitely. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Dave Stewart on colors.
2: I feel like we now need something for the zine where it's a pairing of Nicolas Cage movies to comics. Like if you like this <laughs> Nicolas Cage, like you need to read you need to so I don't know what we would do for like left behind, but I'll I'll think about it. We'll, and we'll I'll talk get back off to you. air. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like that. Zine number two is definitely
0: going to have that, I think. I'm gonna push <laughs> heavily <that really> hard. <laughs> heavily nicholas Cage themed scene number two. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, how about you? How have you been? How have comics books been? All that stuff. Comics well, I books. mean,
2: as, as Brian pointed out, uh oh boy, it is it is really hot in West Michigan right now. We are on the second uh ozone action day where it's like, hey, don't go outside don't exert yourself no long walks don't mow the lawn i'm like i don't need to be told any of this it's it's ozone action day every day for nick white um
1: (laughs) (laughs) nick white cares about your planet
2: 24 7 (laughs) yeah he won't even leave the house i care that i care long you know as much as you know putting on like a seven hour netflix marathon um it's, it's been good uh, I recently marathoned a couple episodes Of a series called 3% Which is on Netflix It is in Portuguese And uh, as the saying goes uh, Subs not dubs Even though dubs are available But it, it's kind of cool It's a little bit of like got a little hunger games and it's um, very
1: hunger games and
2: Ender, uh ender's game and all of the other games that involve kids competing with other kids um but there's not enough of that there to bug you so that's what i've been watching as for what i've been reading because that's what this show is about uh i guess or that's what i'm being reminded um i read grass kings 15 this is the last issue Uh, Written by Matt Kent drawn by Tyler Jenkins colored by his wife Hillary Jenkins. I Was really upset when I heard that this book was going to end it sort of came out of left field Matt Kent isn't the sort of guy that has things go on forever, so I'm not shocked, but I was still kind of upset Uh, That being said the mystery of the thin-air killer, which is sort of the ongoing plot throughout the whole run of Grass Kings Might not have the sort of crazy twist that one would have expected, but on the flip side, it's also not Basically Shyamalan or deus ex machina Um, It's very grounded But like I said if you were expecting some crazy twist or something super shocking You're not going to get it and if you've been reading this book all the way up to 15 You know that it's a very well not very but fairly real-life grounded book So it it fits it's less of a question of who done it, and more of a question of how and why that comes into play. But I still really enjoyed it. It does bring a sense of closure to the run. But Matt Kint, of course, isn't um, isn't beyond leaving one or two lingering questions that he won't completely tie up for the reader. That being said, for those who liked this book, for those who like this creative team as an ensemble, we will be getting uh black badge from boom in august which is about boy scouts recruited by the government on covert operations so so i read that
0: i was very worried that you were going to spoil the end of grass kings and i was oh, going to no. strangle no, you through no, the no. internet because <laughs> no, i have no, not no. caught up i yet uh,
2: i was i was very careful in, in 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 writing this up to to make sure that i kind of danced around anything that was too revelatory Uh, The other thing I want to briefly mention is I read the Shazam trade paperback. This was written by Jeff Johns, drawn by Gary Frank, colors by Brad Anderson. I was just looking for something to read a few days ago, and of course I've really enjoyed Doomsday Clock, which is the exact same creative team. And so it's always great when you really enjoy a work and you're like, I wonder if these guys have ever worked together before, and it's like, oh, huh, they have, that's interesting. It's, I really liked it I wanted to read something Shazam oriented Just because I do believe that it could be One of the few DC films That might actually have potential Because I think it's going to be Removed enough from all of the other um, uh, Trash That being said Frank's drawing style What's really weird is it reminds me a lot The shading does of uh, Andy Clark And Brian Balland Which is weird when you consider that they're all Brits So like is there like some sort of british drawing instruction thing going on like did they all attend the same art school i don't know but they're shading that might be true
0: that might be true they might have all attended the same school yeah they're shading
2: some kind of shitty
1: brit arts style controversy that we're gonna have to deal with
2: (laughs) it's weird but when i thought about it, i was like this guy's like these two and then i was like oh my god they're all british um I know people were not totally happy about this. Uh, This was sort of a supplementary story to the New 52's Justice League, and people felt that the Billy Batson of this was too much of a jerk, that he wasn't really a a nice kid, that he was kind of older than he should be and snottier and meaner than expected, but I think Jeff Johns tries to modernize him without making him super edgy, and, and I think it works. I get why the character is kind of a jerk. I mean he gets these powers And the first thing he wants to do is like Try to get his hands on money by like Accidentally quote unquote accidentally Zapping an ATM and and re- Rescuing some lady and she's like How can I ever repay you like as a rhetorical Question and he's like well you know 20 bucks Would be good and uh, <laughs> He's trying to score Now that he looks like an adult he's Trying to score booze um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Classic Yeah it's You know it's how a kid that like has never really been like loved or 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 you know had a caring you know family you know going on it's 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 what you would expect and 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 johns of course can't ignore some of the shazam you know tropes like uh mary marvel or tawny tiger or manifesting the seven sins it's it's fun it's good i would definitely recommend it and for people who say You know that it's it's not a nice Version of Billy Batson I think it is an Adequate modernization of someone Who's largely known as like a 1940 Series I think the only Other thing I want to briefly mention is is based On this book Jeff Johns does not have a Very good perspective on Philadelphia's crime Rate it's like 24 7 crime If you if you follow this book (laughs) It's like he stops like a Like a like a, a bus incident And then like a mugging and then like a Robbery and then like a Carjacking like this is one night out in Philadelphia. It's just nonstop. So yeah, what, what what have you read, Mike? How are you doing?
0: I've I'm pretty good. Maybe I didn't say it on the show last week, but I got engaged. Um, so that's the thing that happened in my life. Otherwise, <laughs> I feel like just like kind of
1: we're, we're all very excited for Mike.
0: I know we're not reacting on air, but we've all kind of gotten <laughs> yeah. that out of our system already. Yeah, we, I we kind of, I, over
1: instant message for a while.
0: Yeah, it definitely happened like a two weeks ago almost, and uh, so I, and I just feel like I didn't say it on the show. I feel like I should say it. But otherwise, you know, things have been pretty good. Now we're just you know, my life is basically. What are we gonna do? When are we gonna get married? And it's like, oh my gosh, can everyone just settle down? It literally just happened. <laughs> we have no other plans. I just. Got this whole ring sit thing out of my system, um, but otherwise it's it's been very good, like really really good. Um, I went to an Armageddon themed party last night featuring the movie Armageddon. Uh, somebody I don't know did if I like fall that asleep
1: more or worse, or more or less than an actual like Armageddon theme. <laughs>
0: yeah, well that's the thing. It was we were all very aware of what it was, and someone did fall asleep during the movie so we got to make fun of them because of the song i don't want to close my eyes i don't want to fall asleep yada 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 and um there was that guy did want to miss the thing well she well the woman that fell asleep um yeah yeah yeah, she did want to miss it she didn't really have any interest in the movie to begin with and uh most of us didn't we spent most of the time just talking about how hot ben affleck was in that movie because he was just he was supposed to be like this 20 year old guy and he's a good looking dude back in the day 1998 so uh yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, but I did read some comic books, which I will talk about. I read The Weatherman, like I said, but the book I did want to talk about was Domino Number 3. Um, I did read this, and this is Gail Simone and David Baldion. Uh, so the idea of this book story is that someone has the ability to take away Domino's powers at will whenever they show up, and these people keep showing up and screwing with her. Um, she doesn't know where these people are coming from and how they know where to go to meet her, so she thinks one of her two close friends... Is like a, is backstabbing her, and so there's this mystery afoot as to who's actually betraying her. Um, but on the whole, like Gail Simone is so much fun. Like her writing is so much fun, and I haven't read a lot of her stuff. I think the only real major run that I read of hers was her Batgirl run during the New Fifty Two, which I really, really enjoyed. Like I loved that book. And so uh, jumping into this, like her jumping into one of the characters that I, I've had a really fond appreciation for since um, Uncanny X Force or X Force way back in the day. Um, it's been a lot of fun just to see her write this character, and she does such a fantastic job of of getting in the head of Domino and making her feel like this regular human being who knows how good and confident she needs to be um, but still having just like your everyday average person problems trying to figure out you know I'm this mercenary badass how am I supposed to have friends and family you know when I'm constantly you know hurting others or not necessarily hurting others but like you know taking from these people and doing all this other stuff when there's constantly a, a you know a target on my head how am I supposed to have others that could potentially use to against me um, but still keeping friends and you know having relationships and things it's been, it's been a lot of fun and I really just love this book I I really I really really look forward to the rest of this run one of the thing I will say I did read the magic order number one even though I was so torn on it last week <sighs> and that's I mean that sigh is pretty much all I want to say about it so um, <laughs> that's about it let's let's move on to uh, comic books that we're excited for this upcoming week comic books are released on June twentieth, 2018 what are you guys excited for let's start with you Nick
2: Well, for me, I I think it will surprise nobody that it's a Valiant book, but I think it will surprise people just which Valiant book it is, because for me, this week, it's Shadow Man number four. For those of you who know me or have heard me talk about it on the show, I don't know if I've talked about it much, admittedly, I haven't really loved Shadow Man, um... I feel like Andy Diggle is a great get in terms of talent for Valiant, but I don't feel like he's the right person to be paired with this book, uh, especially because especially in terms of issues of representation, it maybe would have been nice to see someone else on this book. I, like I said, I get the allure of of getting a big name. There's, there's definitely something to be said about that too. But mm-hmm. yeah, that aside... Diggle definitely went too action-heavy out of the gate with a book that, while they're trying to make it entry-level and approachable, uh, Shadowman's sort of been a peripheral character now for like four, maybe even five years, ever since his, his I think, Justin Jordan run ended in like 13 or 14 so people aren't that familiar with him especially new readers and so not at least slowing things down getting into at least some lore like that would have been great because honestly the lore is kind of complicated and really convoluted and even for me who's read some shadow man i'm still kind of in the dark to be honest no pun intended and that being said i i feel good about number four we're getting a new arc called dead and gone and it's a three issue run each issue is going to have a different artist which is really cool uh and each is going to cover a different area era of shadow man history so with this first um issue of this arc we're getting sean martinsborough who previously worked with andy diggle on thief of thieves i think he drew all of thief of thieves Yeah. And I really love his art. His inking is so thick. It's so good. Reminds me a lot of Mark Laming in some ways. And he's going to follow Jack's ancestor, Max Boniface, from 1940s New York. Uh, The two other issues are going to be Doug Brathwaite, who I think is doing the Civil War ancestor of Jack Boniface. And then we're getting, like, the third issue I think is going to be, like, like 4,000 4, BC or something with Renato Guedes <laughs> drawing it. So we're nice. going way back for this. It sounds like an interesting premise. It sounds like it's going to be lore heavy. Maybe we're going to actually build some of this up. So those of us who need this supplementary information are going to get it. And the artists that they've put on here, I feel better about than Steven Segovia, who's fine, but again, not one of my favorites.
0: That sounds like an all-star lineup. Like, for the for those three issues that's that's crazy
2: yeah i feel like you don't see this with a lot of other publishers where they're lining up all these different artists or or you do but they're you're doing it because of of deadlines and (laughs) and issues with getting issues out on time and not like well this guy pairs up really well with this you know this artistic val, you know this artistic take on things is going to work best to be paired with this time era and, and whatnot so um yeah we'll see uh really haven't loved the first three issues so maybe this will change
0: cool Uh, brian what about you what are you excited for this week for me this week i'm looking forward
1: to shanghai red number one which is uh christopher sabella and friend of the show christopher sabella (laughs) clown motel survivor christopher sabella (laughs) uh, with art from josh hickson i know very little about Shanghai Red, other than the Mm -hmm. premise of basically a young person is "quote unquote" Shanghaied and sort of sold into slavery on the high seas, Mm -hmm. and this is the story of them getting their revenge. Um, It's set in 1800s Portland, which I think is really interesting. You know, I don't.
2: Oh, that's weird.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I've seen a depiction of Portland that wasn't like portland's full of hipsters yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting to see that um unless it's portland maine in which case i
2: completely misinterpreted that well (laughs) i have a feeling that that it's given that he's from portland i feel like it's probably that portland but uh
0: yeah oregon not washington because i'm a dummy yeah
2: yeah the
0: old
1: old pacific Northwesty. yeah um ultimately what it comes down to is i'm kind of always willing to give sabella a shot i've enjoyed some of his work in the past and enjoyed him as an individual on twitter so
0: yeah yeah and if you want to know a little bit more about that book i mean you should go listen to the this is not an interview episode with him uh that tia did a short while back that's uh that's definitely how i heard about it so yeah (laughs) uh what about you mike what are you looking forward to I am looking forward to, I guess, X-Men Gold number 30. Um, my notes right Did now... Did you hear just how say, this was couched? I, I yeah, guess.
2: I guess. Oh, boy. My
0: notes basically say, I fucking guess. Because yep. Yep. this is like the biggest... This is just another fucking hype beast. And as much as I'm looking forward to it, I'm really wondering, like, what's going to be the bad thing? You know, like, none of these... This isn't like the 60s... Where, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic get married. Like, Sue Storm and Reed Richards get married. And that's the whole issue. Like, everyone shows up, and it's a good, grand old time. Smiles all around. Like, this is a great ceremony. We should celebrate it. No, this is the X-Men. And there's always a fucking problem. And there's always going to be some sort of drama. And there's always going to be the purifiers. Or something bad's going to happen. And this whole book has been building towards this, like, this this very strong hatred of mutants in a way that is almost unsettling because of how like rational they make the enemies like I guess they're the the bad guys seem and I say the enemy sorry they they make the 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 bigoted folks in this book seem so rational and it's kind of worrying in a lot of ways. But I I don't know if there if Mark Guggenheim who writes this because this is Mark Guggenheim uh, David Marquez and it, it it's been pretty solid like this book has been very heavy hitting with the with the issues around mutant rights and like the rights for um, mutants to live in New York City and live in the United States of America, but building up to this wedding it's been like coupled with this ever looming cloud of something big and bad is going to happen and of course it's all going to culminate in this issue more more like more than likely it's all going to culminate in this issue and i'm kind of worried that they're just going to poo-poo on this wedding that really should be a good thing like the x-men need a good thing to happen no and th- that's just i don't know like it's unfortunate that like that's not what's going to happen so from a meta is this perspective is the the colossus wedding much, mike yeah, this is between, this is, sorry, I, I got way ahead of myself. This is the wedding between Colossus and Kitty Pride, something that's like, it's been on the docket for 20 issues or something like that. And we all knew that it was going to happen. And the question is, you know, they've been back and forth wishy-washy, like Kitty Pride was married to Star-Lord and then they got divorced. And, you know, Peter has, you know, they've both been seeing other people here and there over the many, many years. But now they kind of came back together um, after their big recent bout of, colossus had the phoenix force and kitty was like this isn't you and he was like katya but i love you and well, that was good yeah that it's was good <laughs> i don't know i'm i'm i really want this to just be a happy issue because the cover looks so beautiful by phil noto and i want this to end well but if you think about the the marriage between north star and his husband everything was great except for on the back end like wolverine was a demon and tried to kill everyone what? <laughs> so <laughs> Stuff, yeah, there Stuff was, to look forward to for your wedding, Mike. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's I, I'm really looking forward to this issue, but I also know like something bad's gonna happen, and I just don't want that to happen to my favorite my favorite couple. Well my second favorite couple. Just let these let these children have a nice wedding. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I wanna read this, but I'm also very scared. I need I need to go walk around. So we're gonna take a break. <laughs> <laughs> For our show this week, we are focusing on kind of a different medium that is comics, but it's a different kind of comics. We're talking about web comics in specific. And when we say web comics, we're talking about comic strips, ongoing comics, and the I guess, pretty new to the United States in the last couple years, Webtoons. Um, So I want to go through kind of all of the, like an example of each of those. Brian has been reading webcomics for a while. So could you talk a little bit about your experience? I'll talk about mine and then we'll get to Nick as well.
1: Sure. I uh, hopped onto the webcomic train. I think my introduction was probably Penny Arcade. um, Oh, okay. in 03 or 04, um, that's 2003 or 2004 for those listening in the far future. Yeah. From there, I just kind of branched out. You know, I would see ads for other webcomics on a webcomic page, check those out. Uh, people would recommend them. A lot of my classmates were kind of getting into it at the same time as me. So and this we is kind like pass around recommendations.
0: This is like comics that you read strictly on like a website, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Stuff. Usually okay. uh, anywhere from three to you know nine or 12 panels per update um updating anywhere from once a week three times a week some of them update daily really just depends on the on the strip
0: and you've been you've been reading stuff like i mean i don't know if there's been any comics that you've been reading consistently since then but you have been reading web comics since like would you say 2004 or so yeah that's that's wild. <laughs> I've been
1: uh, I've been reading the webcomic Questionable Content since my junior year of high school, I think. Oh wow.
0: So that's kind of been like the one through line. Interesting. See, yeah, so I I don't think I really got into webcomics until like mid college and I honestly think it was like you and maybe a couple of other people who I knew like before I even got into actual or I mean, I guess I was reading comic books, but I I wasn't like hardcore into comics. Well, that's not even true either. I think I was reading comics and then someone showed me web comics and I was like, wait, all this is free to read on the internet? <laughs> and I like <laughs> didn't understand it. So like maybe like 2007, 2008 for me eyes when I really started to like read any web comics. And I remember the hardest thing for me was just keeping track of all the comics that I wanted to read because I know that there were some that I was trying to read every time they updated, you know, like XKCD, which everybody in the universe at this point I think is seen and if you haven't go to xkcd.com you've probably seen one of these comics somewhere and but like and that's like the longest running one that I think I've been reading regularly enough to say like the, since 2008 I've probably been reading that comic but otherwise like it's been really on and off for me but I've been aware of different things you know like I'll see a web comic I'll start on it and then totally forget about it because not that it didn't resonate but I just forget like you lose that tab or you forget to bookmark it and so on and so forth but I mean, that's mostly been me, but uh, Nick, what about you? What's your experience in reading
2: webcomics? Well, uh, I mean, there's there's been sort of a, a, a smattering of things here and there, but it's never been anything that stuck. Uh, like Brian, I did read Penny Arcade here and there. Being really big, especially back then when I had more free time, being really into video games in high school uh, and in college meant that I was operating in a certain sphere of the internet where Penny Arcade was getting reposted and, and, and pasted frequently. So you were just seeing oh, sure. a lot of that because that's Penny Arcade is, is slash was really about gaming. And so I was seeing some of that. It wasn't anything that I was like, Oh, I need to, I need to read this every month. It was sort of maybe something where I would see someone paste a, a strip and then I would go to the Penny Arcade website. And naturally I would read a few more strips from there and, chuckle at a few things and uh, on the side also maybe wonder if they were stoking some controversies that maybe didn't need to be anyone who (laughs) knows penny arcade a little bit knows that they have gotten themselves in trouble um more than a handful of times but we're not going to talk about that uh so there was that and and beyond that um you know people would would post a couple strips here and there of this or that i think once or twice, I ran across JLA in the past. People were posting that, um, and and I read a little bit, but but there was never anything that I was like, oh man, I need to I need to stay current with this or anything like that. And I mean, it like you were mentioning, it really makes me wonder. And I'm sure they have certain solutions now, but it's like, how do you how do these people? effectively deliver their content to people and and how do these people who are um consuming it know when to go check it out how do you keep people from not just falling off the train so i mean that's a whole that's a whole yeah. big question i'd love to yeah. i mean we,
0: we've talked to a bunch of webcomic folks uh, you know like at emerald city comic con and i i would love to have one of them on to actually ask like how do you drive people back to your content every month um, well i just noticed my like my webtoons app week.
2: today at, it just it just reminded me that like one of the books that i've been reading has a has a new chapter it just pushed a notification to my phone and that's right the first time i've seen that but i guess i guess that works so but yeah overall
1: i have a uh, i have kind of an uh, obsessive sorting in my bookmarks so i have a, oh, nice. a web comics folder and then i have mm-hmm. a daily folder and then basically every update schedule that a comic has i have a folder for So there's the daily folder, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday folder, because that's a pretty common uh, release schedule. Mm -hmm. And then for each of the once a week things, I have like a Monday folder and a Friday folder.
0: Gotcha. So, so... I, I think the other part of this, Nick, you, you mentioned it a little bit, is there? I think what sparked this original conversation topic was um, I had started using this, and I don't know if it was me, but I, I want to say from my perspective, I started using this Webtoon app um, by the company Line. They're like a Chinese company that um, really pushes, they're, they're trying to push like a whole social media platform through their app called Line, but one of their child apps is called webtoon and webtoon offers a place for people to publish their comic um, like these vertically scrolling comic books or i guess comics like i don't know i can't say comic book but they're called webtoons these vertical scrolling webtoons that are like narrative stories or they're strips or they can be pretty much whatever you want with the caveat of you're not really good you only make money based on the number of people that view your stuff so they just have this Never ending pool of money that comes from, I think, all of the properties that they own and their investments and stuff. And Hmm. through the like some very minor product placement, like, I don't want to try to give the whole history of Webtoons because I'm probably going to get it wrong, but. You know, the, the incentive is to drive people to the to the webtoon app or to the webtoon website, get people to read your comic, and based on the number of impressions and views and likes, but I think it's more about just like impressions and views, you get paid a certain ratio of money based on those numbers. And it's really interesting because it's it seems to be very, 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 very mobile focused, right? You've got these vertical scrolling things and it works really, really well on your phone. Um, funny enough, I do know at One Piece effect. A little factoid from the history of these things, they were intentionally originally created just for the web, like to read on your desktop browser. But as the, you know, as the mobile phone kind of became a big thing, it blew up in terms of use because people could read these very, very easily. You only need one hand. You can kind of tap and then flick with your finger to move through the comic. And it's great. And so people really, really dig that. Um, at least in China and Korea, I know where they're really this this whole toon, or webtoon thing is very, very popular. And there's a bunch of other companies like Tapas and like two or three that i don't know the name of but i know the logos of strangely enough um <laughs> but yeah like so this this whole thing started there because i started using this i think and i was talking to uh kate scotchless and um pointed her i was like hey this is really cool maybe you should try it and she got really into it and we were like let's let's get nick into this because we know he's gonna hate it <laughs> <laughs> um so you know the question is like you know brian you've been a you're a huge web comic reader. Um, I've kind of been on and off, and I've been using more of this Webtoon stuff. Um, Nick, you're brand new. I kind of want to know what your thoughts are um, of, you know, we've been trying to get you to read Webtoons and webcomics for a couple weeks now in preparation for this episode. What have been your, what's your initial feelings like about how this all works outside of the whole,
2: how do you drive people back to your comic? Because I think that's a whole other question. Right, sure. Well, I mean, initially, uh, I hated it. Uh, Now, uh, I still hate it. Um. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yes. I hate it okay. less. I guess you could say. Um, okay. I I think one of the first things that comes to mind, especially with webtoons, when I'm thinking about it, is that the story creation. I mean, I feel like this is how it has to be done. Like these stories are being created with the idea and intent that they're going to be this single panel scrolling action, right? Uh, it's yeah. not that it's not that these are, for example, someone taking Penny Arcade and converting it into a webtoon. You know what I mean? Like this is this is their native format, right? And well, for for some of them, because there are okay, I guess there's no conversion. Anyways, continue your thought. I'll I'll address it sure. in a second. And so, what really got me thinking as I started reading some of these at first was, um, what are the advantages and what are the limitations of presenting something? With like a single panel format, right? Um, because there, arguably, there are le- there are less options in terms of how you can convey um, movement or or how you can convey the visual presentation of certain aspects. Mm-hmm. And so that came to mind, and that seemed kind of limiting for me. Um, but then the to play devil's advocate, I said, well, when you think about it, if you think about guided view on In whatever format of whatever app, of whatever service we're talking about, when you think about guided view, aren't you really having the same sort of panel-by-panel experience? And to which I would say, yes, that's kind of true, but it's also adapted as a format, and also depending upon how you have your guided view set up in place, you either have motion between panels that can act as sort of a subtle Um, Guiding force or if you're like me you have full page turned on either at the beginning or the end of the page So you at least have that perspective and so With web with webtoons, you don't have any of that Um, Which I found kind of limiting I felt like sometimes it didn't allow for as much variety, but I also feel on the flip side that um, obviously being able like you said to have something where it's intuitive you don't need both hands to operate it you don't need um to be constantly like you know pinching your fingers to zoom in or zoom out for the most part um yeah i i like that it's easy and i think i started with webtoons like a week or two ago and by the time that i was starting to pick up and read certain web comics especially some of these web comics i was trying to read on my phone it was it was fucking driving me insane and i was yeah. like i can't i can't i can't i can't f- fucking pinch in and zoom out on every goddamn panel this is this is so stupid why um, can't i
1: just scroll and have the comic happen boy yeah.
2: i wish boy i wish this was webtoons and then i was like oh man you're gonna regret <laughs> we saying him. that you <laughs> fucking got him
1: <laughs> boy i
2: wish this was webtoons um so yeah, I, I would say Webtoons in its, in its own right is kind of its own separate medium with different rules and restrictions, which, which totally. is interesting. Uh, and and uh, I even found some Webtoons, and I don't know if this is, this is common of most or a few or, or none other than the one I read, but I was reading this one called, um, it was called House of, no, Room of Swords, and it actually had animation in it. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, some of them that, will have normated gifs. Some of them will have music queued up yeah. to go along with a given strip.
2: Oh,
0: interesting! Interesting. So that's one thing that I really like about the idea of web comics and webtoon uh, or webtoons in general is that like they they for a while it was just like how do I make a comic book and post it online or how do I make my comic strip and just. Give it to people or broadcast it out mm-hmm. so people can read it. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just like static images. But I think what we've seen over the past couple years is we've seen people take that and try to add to it in a way that a comic book can t- or really can't, right? Like animated gifs in comic or web comics is not something new in like or it's new in the last couple years. But it's something that's like become more and more prevalent where you actually see a little bit of animation. Um, right. One web comic that I really like that does that is this book called Check Please. Um, if you haven't read it, it's a like the most adorable little story about hockey um, in Connecticut that you could ever read, and I told I love it to death. It's it's one of my favorites that I love going back to and reading. But the the creator of that book, you know, they they do a really good job of adding little bits of extra interaction that you can only get by reading it on the web and mm-hmm. that you can't get in a print edition um and the book does get printed and it, it does it sells very well but to get the full experience i think you really need to read it on like a desktop or a tablet machine that can you know process those gifs and in little interactivity bits and pieces kind of like uh smbc comics um uh, Zach Weiner, I believe is his name. He has those little like hover images and extra panels that he does that you really can only ever get by interacting it, I- interacting with it on the web. I think that's really cool. And like Webtoon takes it a whole step further where you can get even deeper animations and you can get music and stuff like that that actually goes with the pacing as you read it um, because they've built in all that functionality that works really, really cool or really, really well.
2: Yeah, no, it was, it was interesting to see that. And it was... Kind of hilarious to scroll down to the comments section and just see people that were like, oh, you know GIFs aren't loading or GIFs are lagging or whatever So it was like you've got these cool technical elements But clearly maybe at some points for certain people they weren't quite working out, which is also interesting But I mean uh, to be fair all of it all of it worked for me But yeah, so so I read some webtoons. I read some uh, web comics that were well suited for mobile devices. Uh, a few, interestingly enough, and then I read some that were definitely like no different than trying to read a normal web page on your phone. Yeah, it's it's so. the
1: desktop site, but on your phone.
2: Yeah, which was the case with JL8. So
1: right, right. Which what is JL8? I think that that's something that our audience would probably probably get a kick out of
2: sure so justice jl8 is short for justice league 8 um it is uh drawn written everything to my knowledge uh all done by yale stewart uh and i think it has been a comic since 2012 2011 something like Um, that yeah i know it's got like 200 something uh entries right now i like went through like 150 of them in like a blur and yeah. if you're it, it's sort of a, it's a very simple but very clean uh dc uh sort of comic about dc characters that are all sort of in gosh is it like kindergarten or first grade perhaps and it's really fun because if you're a DC fan, they slowly inject more and more and more of the expanded DC universe. So at the beginning, it's, it's largely just um, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, um, Power Girl, Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern, The Flash, and I think that's it. But mm-hmm. then they slowly introduce other... Uh, you've got the older kids, which are a bunch of bullies, which is like Lex Luthor, Captain Cold, um, Bizarro, uh, I think Cheetah as well. Uh, yeah. And then like they, they just slowly inject all these other characters. Like At one point, they go on a, a camping trip that is being hosted by... Um, Um, Hal Jordan's like Boy Scout troop And of course all of the other troops are like The Green Lantern Corps so you have all the little Green Lanterns together and that's Kind of fun Uh, Yeah I I thoroughly Enjoyed that and for, for anyone who knows At least a little bit about D.C the way he nails all of the characters is just perfect like john john's love for oreos you know that's that's part of mm-hmm. this he goes to wonder woman's birthday party and he doesn't he's not interested in the cake at all but he just gets addicted to oreos yeah and um you know bruce gets put in timeout but he likes that because it's like prime brooding time for him so he actually <laughs> likes timeout <laughs> you mm-hmm. know uh neil gaiman has a it's, it's gaiman isn't it it's neil yeah. gaiman I'm gonna hear about that from Kate if I don't correct that. Uh, he has a cameo in this. Um, yeah, it's yeah, just the, a really the, fun, fun comic.
1: The art on it is really cute too. It's kind of it, it. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of kind of the old Calvin and Hobbes strips as far
0: as the oh way totally, it's drawn.
2: totally. Like the Flash looks like Calvin. It literally looks like Calvin. Yeah, yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah, I mean, Yale Stewart I know has been in like. He, for a while, he started the book and he like got like a cease and desist from DC and through some something that happened, because it used to be called something else. I want to say it was like Little Justice League or Little League or something like that. And he had to change the name to JL8 because there was some copyright thing. But DC gave him like the sign off to continue doing his book or continue doing this webcomic. In exchange, he ended up doing like a four book series for DC um like a young adult version of all these uh, like the justice league um but it was like them as adults not as children so he could finish this book it was was really cool to see like he was he's actually got this the sign off from dc to do this and like that and that's that's like a such a great strip because it ties into like this webcomic format but it's also about like your classic superheroes um and it totally works like i think nick to your point he totally nails he absolutely nails all of the characters really really well oh completely
2: Um, like the weird thing about it for me though is that it reads like a um newspaper strip like in terms of how it's it's set up and whatnot um like it, it it's formatted like a single row strip but it's not episodic at all like literally every strip um completely picks up where the last one dropped off. Like it's, it's yeah. right there like that exact second where the last strip finishes, then the next one begins. And so while it is in a format that looks like it's an episodic format, it's completely serialized. Yeah, and
0: I think which is weird. maybe maybe Brian you can speak to this more. I think that's becoming more and more of a common thing um, among a lot of webcomic artists or creators, you know, that where they're telling serialized stories through this either strip format or even full page format um i know there's a couple books that i that i read that are a couple series that i read like not drunk enough or check please like i mentioned before that do this but i, I do you have other examples of like of that kind of stuff that you, like i think you said that you've been reading a book since you started like yeah. reading web comics
1: yeah that's a uh, questionable content it starts off as just kind of like an indie rock themed slice of life story um and then the creator, uh, Jeff Jacques I believe is how his last name is pronounced. I could be blowing that up. Jeff Jax, maybe. It's um, He introduces what he calls PCs, which is just like computers that are person-shaped and have AI. And then as the book has gone on, it's kind of gotten more about uh, the characters and about those AI in particular. So, I mean, they'll have discussions about indie rock and then they'll have discussions about you know this character's job and what am I going to do and then there's also some like are robots people kind of stuff going on Um, and it's it's my favorite kind of magical realism where it's depicted exactly as if it were the real world there is just also this magical in this case technological element that is just so commonplace that nobody remarks on it anymore gotcha Um, one of the really cool things about that is if you go back and look at like the current strips and then look at his first strips, the difference in art is astronomical. His art has improved like a thousand fold over the years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that that could be really inspiring for somebody who wants to make a webcomic, but maybe thinks, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not a good enough artist to, to do my own art on a webcomic. And in his case, I mean, he started and he just kind of learned along the way. And now it's it's gone to some of the the best art that I see in webcomics for for my own personal taste. Obviously, people are going to have differing opinions, but he's kind of mastered that really clean-lined comic book sort of art style. Yeah, which I guess I kind of wandered away from the question, but yes, it's a it's a serial.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's like a lot of the my favorite you know web comics that I'm I'm try to read regularly that I like make a conscious effort of finding every time I want to go back and read it um, are serialized comics like their serialized web comics like this like there's one that I've been I just am in love with by uh, I want to say a non I, I can remember the first names Ananth and Yuko they're fantastic they do this series oh, yeah. called Barbarous. And, and and I mean those guys have they've done a bunch of other books um like my <laughs> our cats are more famous than us it's like a big one that they did um like an uh, it was a They were on uh, they did Johnny Wander too. Yeah, Johnny Wander is is their big one um and I've been reading a book on their site. If you go to like johnnywander.com, they've got a bunch of different web comics that they write and create and produce and do a bunch of stuff with and the one that I've been like absolutely in love with is called Barbarous. Um, and it kind of follows that same thing that you were talking about Brian where like there is this magical realism to everything um and no one really comments on it because it's just commonplace like magic in this world of of barbarous is just kind of a thing and so our main character you know she went to a magic school um but she dropped out question mark and there's like some some unfolding of that like her personal life as the story continues and you meet like these people who are some of them are witches and some of them are just regular folks and it's really really cool like it's a beautiful book but it's serialized so you get like one or three chapters a week depending um on how the release schedule works um which is really really cool and chapters meaning like pages um but yeah i guess the you know the the bigger question is like do you do you like this format i mean i think brian and i it's probably safe to say yes but nick do you think you're going to try to come back to this stuff outside of just you know research for this episode <laughs> um and if it's no that's totally fine right. i just would like to hear reasons me, why you don't-, you don't like it
2: I, I don't need encouragement to you know uh, shit on something, Mike. I can do it. Trust me. Um, <laughs> I I would say honestly, the the stuff that's gonna make it the easiest for me to engage with it, I'm going to obviously try more. So with that in mind, like the webtoon stuff, like for me that's that's something I I, I would consider, uh, especially some of these ones like like Room of Swords. Um ones where I can just boot up my app and, and and my phone's going to tell me when there's a new you know, when there's a new strip and I don't have to worry about whether I'm on my computer or whether I'm on my phone or whether mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to, you know, have both hand you know, be able to like hold it with one hand and pinch the screen with the other or anything like that. So yeah, the the webtoon side of things I think definitely has more of a chance. Uh, any of the other stuff, it's like, I just don't understand who reads it and how. It's like, why, why are you sitting <laughs> on your computer and like reading these? Like, what, what's, what's, what's going on with you? You know, I don't understand that at all. Um, but on on the flip side, something like Atomic Robo, which is not a webtoon, I I would possibly still consider. Uh, just because their site is actually really well configured not unlike a webtoon in terms of how it's um, handled. So you are still going to a website and everything, but it is actually formatted properly. Uh, and, and and that's one I think I would probably also resume just because um, the the trades, physical the physical trades are expensive mm-hmm. and yeah. the, even yeah. when it's on sale on Comixology uh, Atomic Robo um, for being uh an an indie book uh still has big two prices attached to it so um out of uh wanting to save a few bucks i might i might end up reading that that way as well so yeah i'm like i said you know the, the stuff that's going to make it easier for me to access the stuff that's going to um in in format most likely um resemble formats that i'm already used to via comiXology and things like that yeah those those are the things i'm going to be more likely to pick up because as as much as i love jl8 it is uh it is not fun to read that way that's for sure right
0: right okay that's that's good to hear i i i'm glad that we were able to like push this on you and you didn't hate it so much you just like fuck all this bullshit Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I can yeah, understand yeah. that because like I know that a lot of these aren't for pe- for you know like uh, they aren't made for everybody like and not everybody's gonna be into that. Um, I know that something like webtoons like one of their biggest pulls is a lot of like romance comics, right? Like yeah, if you I look at that, the webtoons, yeah. like if you go to if you open up this app and you look at all of the offerings, like a large majority of the very popular books are mm-hmm. either. They're very similar to shonen manga, right? So they're like your Bleach or your Naruto's or whatever, um, where there's just like a lot of action pack, like anime action and stuff. And you've got this male protagonist who's young and he's into this new world or whatever. Um, but the right. on the flip side, the actual really like the most popular stuff is is romance comics, romance. Whether that's totally. um, you know uh, like Yoi comics or yaoi. I think is how you say that, or it's just straight up like uh, women protagonists, you know, falling in love with like a man or a woman or whoever, um, those are like the real big pulls for Webtoons. Um, And I think that's because, you know, like Webtoons offers this safe space for you to consume this book without anybody really seeing or knowing what you're reading, unless you start to comment or you make your profile public or yada, yada, yada. (laughs) But you can still like, you can consume all that without even logging in you know like a lot of the books right the only difference on webtoon, is it's
2: your mobile device so you're probably doing it on a subway or a train where someone is looking over your shoulder and seeing what maybe you're consuming <laughs> maybe
0: maybe but maybe. I, i'd like to, um, you know i don't i don't think that people are doing that as often as you think but like i mean a lot of the books that i'm reading on on webtoon honestly are romance comics that i just have easy access to get into and i i can flick through you know a single comic and try it all out really really quickly um like i the, the books that i'm really into on Webtoon, I will just say, our Let's Play, which is like a video game themed romance story about like a YouTuber who moves next door Dude, to I'm all this about video one. game developer. That book I love so much. It's like
1: all the all the cheesy tropes of like a, a romance comic, and it hits those notes so perfectly that I'm just oh yeah, it's, it's it's Chef Kiss, man. It's good.
0: Yeah, it's it's very good. I've been reading uh like. Uh, Dice, which is like this stupid shonen manga, but it's like 200 plus chapters and I can't put it down. Um, My Giant Nerd Boyfriend, which is probably one of the biggest webtoons right now, um, or at least from my understanding, it's a pretty big book, and it's just about this woman who lives... I actually don't know what country she lives in it's about her and her boyfriend just like living their life and so it's like a true true slice of life story about the two of them it's very funny and the art's very cutesy um and i've been reading this new book called the devil is a handsome man and i don't even know what it's about but it is like weirdly <laughs> sexy and i can't stop reading it weirdly sexy. Um, it's okay. we- it is it's because like every, it's in he- the story takes place in hell and the main character is the new pre- the new assistant of the devil but there's like Kind of a romantic relationship between them, and her, and this other guy, and I don't know. I don't even know what the book's about, really. It's just like she's the personal assistant <laughs> of the devil, and everything looks so fucking cool. Like all the character design is so cool that I can't stop reading. It's it's very very good. But like, let's play is the one is, pro- is probably the book that I look the most forward to because um, hmm, it's okay. it's just so. I I like nitpick the book as I'm reading it, but I can't stop reading the story because it's so. Yeah. I don't know. Like
1: yeah, I'm, I'm the exact so same way. I, I read every single update and I'm just like, ugh, that's so dumb. <laughs> people yeah. people don't act like that. Like yeah. I, I promise that your your online MMO guild is almost certainly not exclusively like thin, busty women. Right. And yes. then and then like your ripped ass yeah. guild leader who is like <laughs> like this big, gorgeous mountain of a man. It's yeah. like Every human in this comic is a physical
0: avatar of perfection. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. There was, there was like the series. I'm sorry. I'm going to just gush about this book because I'm glad that someone else reads it. <laughs> There's like the, the, like two or three strips where uh, the main character, I can't remember what her name is, she's like, she happens to run into every single hot guy without a shirt like in like two or three strips and she's constantly blushing because she's wearing like a big loose sweater and they're all like mostly naked and everyone has like 18 pack abs and i'm just like oh my god (laughs) and then like like, somebody
1: spills coffee on her shirt and then she has to (laughs) change her shirt and then her Her boss boss takes off his shirt shirt to give it to her (laughs) and it's just like uh it's it's so tropey and silly but it's so much fun
0: and and, and yeah, I can't stop reading it. Like that happened thirty strips ago, and I'm still in it. Yeah, like it's, I don't know. I I find like it's a great place to try this kind of stuff that you maybe wouldn't want to. And I'm I'm confident to admit that that's what I'm reading. But there's so much more of that. Like there, one of the big pulls I think for a while at Wemtoon was this book that recently got translated, the series that recently got translated called Fluffy Boyfriend, about like a cat that gets turned into this cute teenage boy and some bad thing happened to his owner and she is in love with him as a human cat boy but he also is a cat and he can't see her anymore i don't even know what's going on and i got like 20 chapters in i was like i was baffled but it has so many likes and comments like 10,000 comments per chapter like and that's the really interesting thing i realize we're like running really short on time here so I just want to say like one quick thing that I think is really interesting about webtoons and webcomics is like this direct communication you get with creators. Like if you go and comment on a book, there's a chance that that creator may see that comment. And I know that webcomics also have this, at least some of them do, where you can just immediately interact with that. I don't know if you guys have participated in that or if you've seen it at all, but like what are your thoughts on like, you know, the direct communication you can get with these creators on these books?
1: Uh, I think that it it is a tool that can be used for good and for evil. Oh, totally. Because I think that if if people are being positive and saying like, "Hey, I love this book. I'm so excited for it," I think that can be a really positive motivating force for a creator. Mm-hmm. Um, alternatively, people can be real shitty online. Like it's it's what right. the internet is famous for. Right. And so it's the idea that someone could be spewing all this poison into the ears of your favorite creators and could potentially make them stop creating is infuriating and makes me think that the entire internet was a mistake.
2: (laughs) Gotcha.
0: Nick, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on like the direct communication you can get with creators on this?
2: well as someone who really likes to curl up on the couch with a with a box of popcorn and scroll through a youtube comments section uh and just watch uh what happens i'm that guy um i was kind of disappointed because it seems like really positive or at least i i when i would scroll down to the bottom on webtoons and i read the first couple comments it would be like oh i knew so and so would push the button or you know this this you know this comment gives me life heart 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 exclamation point, and I'd be like well that's that's not what I came down here for, but that's very nice that people are um engaging with it and and seemingly being positive. I don't know if that's because of a algorithm or I don't remember whether or not people could like people's comments and then drive them to the top, which is probably what's happening but um it's it's interesting. Uh, I don't know like one of the weird phenomena For me when it comes to these webtoons is that I'm I've been reading A bunch of these series where Like this series has 200 entries This series has 75 entries This series has 100 entries And so I'm you know taking a chunk Out of these series that I'm reading But I'm not ever getting Current so it's not like I'm entering into that phenomena of like Oh you know I guess I'll have to wait Until next week or something like that and which i which i think is a totally different thing you know i'm just sort of trying to binge it and i did sort of get the feeling with some of them and this isn't to say that this doesn't happen in comics either but sometimes a chapter would like just move along and it really just wouldn't go anywhere you know what i mean They're just sort of like here's seven panels and it doesn't do much or whatever and i'm just thinking to myself like Eh, sure. that was okay but when all is said and done I just get to scroll down to the bottom and click next and I'm on to the next one and so this strip doesn't have to you know I'm not going to weigh on it for too long because I'm just on to the next one whereas like if you're current this might have actually kind of like pissed me off yeah and I. Uh,
1: the only alternative though is to have a book uh, an, uh, an update get delayed and right if you do that too many times people will definitely stop showing up yeah Um so right. I, I think that for a lot of for a lot of creators, the lesser sin is to put up a filler comic than it is to sure. not have and, an update. And, and it
2: does and seem, it does seem like, and, and maybe this is just the the consequence of being a web comic, or I don't know what. But I did notice with some with some of these web comics and some of these webtoons the um, the strip length and the strip quality would actually vary quite a bit from time to time like I was dealing with a couple ones where all of a sudden I would just click to the next strip and it would be like monochrome and like half the size of the normal ones and I would be like hmm okay and then you would just scroll down to the bottom and like the author would be saying something like sorry shorter strip this week or something like that and so yeah uh, it does really make me wonder what sort of like timelines and deadlines people have because I feel like it's a totally different ball game than it is um with with conventional comics i feel like it's just a totally different system going on there yeah i mean i think
0: that when you think about it the there probably is a like especially with web web comics right there's a very like you set your own pace and schedule Um, right with web but what's weird is it's not
2: like american indie comics because like with most like american indie sort of stuff or at least a lot of it you're you're doing your own pacing, but eventually you're putting out your OGN or whatever it is, right? So you're sure, still waiting sure. for the end product. And with this market, you're sort of at your own pace, but you're also having to you know put out something. You know, you're not waiting yeah, until and whatever I mean, it is is done.
0: It's 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 you, it varies from from comic to comic. I think. Sure. You know, sure, with webtoons, absolutely. what's really interesting is I I know that they do do print versions of the web comics. In like Korea specifically like if there's a demand they will do print versions but like with web comics you know if you think about something like check please or you think about uh, oh joy sex toy um, and there's a bunch of other ones like a lot of them do print editions and they're just like alright we're gonna collect strips you know 101 to 150 and put them all in a book and that's a very small number but um, girls with slingshots is a perfect example you know she, I think she put out five major huge volumes of that book all said and done like all these various strips um and people want that like they, they buy it but it's all based on like I don't know if that was the intended goal or if there was demand but I think like there's a difference between a strip comic like Girls with Slingshots and a serialized comic like um Something like Barbarous, you know, to go back to my example from before, where there's probably going to be an end arc of like five or six quote unquote issues because that book is structured on a page by page release date schedule. But at the end of the day, they are telling things chapter by chapter that may contain 20 to 30 pages, um, kind of like your standard comic. It's just the release is different because. They wanted to release it as a webcomic first before they actually went to some sort of print edition. Um, mm-hmm. and, and with web com- with Webtoons, you know, who knows what the release schedule contracts are, if there are any. Because, it, oh, like I yeah. said before, it's all about page views. And the only way to get page views is to actually push out your comic so that the your consumers or the people that are subscribed to your comic get that notification so they go and check it. And you need to get a certain number of views within that release date. And again, it all depends on the contract, I think. So, you know, pushing out a shorter strip means you're still going to get that page view and you're not going to miss your your actual payout at the end of the day.
2: Right. And so, again, this is this is me, and I'm saying this as if it wasn't already very evident. This is me knowing next to nothing about any of this. But it did make me wonder if maybe sometimes an attempt to, I guess, stay current or or, you know, keep up with, your schedule has resulted in in, you know, consequences for the strip. Which again, that's this is no different than American quote unquote normal American comics or, you know, the stuff that we're used to seeing. They right, they Western fall comics, prey yeah. to the same problems too. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I
0: mean, ugh, I would I would love to have this conversation go on for another hour, but we do have to wrap up. So let's go into some credits. This is, this is like, super cool. I If Brian and Nick, I'm going to grab your suggestions from our notes, and if you guys have anything else, you know, please let me know. I'll put it in the show notes for all you listeners out there who want to check out the books that we mentioned today. But, you know, if you want to follow us all on Twitter, if you have any questions about Webtoons or Webcomics or what we liked what we didn't like, follow us all on Twitter. You can check out Brian at Brian Head. You can check out Nick at Death Star Plans spelled a really funky way so just check the show notes you can follow me at mike Rappin, and you can follow the show at ircb podcast where we post all sorts of stuff at all hours of the night because i don't sleep and we post polls every sunday such as this week's poll which was who is the stretchiest and i put some really weird answers on there because you know i had to google who was an elastic type person that wasn't plastic man and reed richards so go go check that out and vote we
1: also have our goodreads group where we post weekly threads if you stop by this week you'll have a chance to nominate a book for the july book of the month Uh, you can also hit us up at our website ircbpodcast.com where we have a pronunciation guide and merch uh you're going to want to hit in there as soon as you can and buy a copy of our zine
0: very limited print by the way very limited print it'll make you feel real special
2: uh, on top of that, we always encourage our listeners, please, please, go to iTunes and rate and subscribe to our show. Uh, I don't think anyone needs to be convinced that it does matter. It really does. Uh, also, please email the show, ircb at destroytheside.org. Any questions, any concerns, anything you want to just let us know how much you love or maybe don't love the show, we're, we're all ears. Uh, infinity shred does all the music for our show
0: they're the best band in the universe xander is the human version of a sunray he also edits the show he's just a great big ball of fun i want to say thank you to brian and nick for being on the show thank you to the you listeners out there for being awesome and giving me shit on twitter i really love talking to people about comic books despite how angry i sound about it thank you for everyone who reaches out and until next time i just want to say support your local library and thank you